wonderful name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Praise you, Jesus. You know, as we, as we enter the final minutes of, of 2021, I couldn't think of anything more beautiful for us to do than to gather to hear the reading of God's word. Amen. I'm still trying to get my head around the fact that Jesus was sitting, sitting right there in the service. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I know we always say Jesus is here, but you know what? It's just so beautiful to think that Jesus is here. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Amen. So uh, could you show your appreciation to the worship group? They've been in here since early, since early today. God bless you guys. Amen. Well, you know, I was praying about New Year's Eve, and, you know, God gave me a very special message called Ask. And I want to start uh, by reading Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Could we stand together for the reading of God's word? Amen. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. If we could get it on the screen, it would be wonderful if we could read it together. Amen. And uh, beautiful. So let's read together. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Amen. You may be seated. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't it wonderful to know that we have a Father in heaven and he knows everything about you? Amen. And he invites us to ask. Amen. So how many of you, hands up, how many of you need breakthrough in 2022? Amen. Let me put it another way. How many of you desire to see, see real and lasting change in your life? Amen. How many of you want real and lasting change? I'm not talking about yet another wish list of New Year's resolutions that you've no intention of following true on. You know, it's a, it's a fact, you know, that gyms get all sorts of uh, numbers of people applying and they know that there's only a very small percentage of those people will ever uh, follow through. I mean, I know people who paid for subscriptions to gyms and never even went once, <laughs> you know, but... Um, but anyway, uh, you know, God wants us to do more than make, this isn't about, this message isn't about New Year's resolutions, but rather it's about birthing the dreams and visions that burn in your heart. It's about following the plan and purpose of God for your life and seeing the fulfillment of that desire or that longing that he planted deep inside your soul. You know, Psalm 27 and verse 13 said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness 
of the Lord in the land of the living. You know, praise God for heaven, and it's going to be wonderful when we get there. But you know what? I believe God wants to do something in this life, amen, in the land of the living. So maybe you're single and you want to be married. You know, we love hearing, you know, couples like Kian and Naima falling in love. You know, during the lockdown when, you know, we'd only allowed 10 or 15 people here on a Sunday, and I'd come in and Naima was there faithfully. Like I said, it, 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 she was given no small task because every week she'd be there busy like a beaver for about three or four hours typing in all the scriptures um, uh, you know that I would have for the message on Sunday and I remember I used to pass by her on, 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 the, on the table and say Naima you know what God's going to give you a lovely Irish husband amen hallelujah and there, there she is getting married next year glory to Jesus I think it's beautiful amen so but anyway, maybe you want to be married or you want to get out of debt or you're believing for your own home. And you might say, oh, that's impossible, Pastor John. Well, you know, think for a moment what you've paid in rent over the last five or 10 or 15 years. I believe it's time to stretch your faith and believe for God's best in Jesus' name. Because you know what? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So, you know, whether that's an apartment or a house or a mansion on a hill, glory to God, whatever you're believing for, come on, let's stretch and believe God in Jesus' name. Amen? Hallelujah. So, uh, again, maybe you want to start a business or go back to college or you'd like to step into ministry. Well, you know what? You look behind you there, you see Home of Champions. I believe that's prophetic. That's there for boxers, but I believe that's speaking about you. Amen? You're a champion and you're called, in Jesus' name, to win some battles. Amen? So, we want to raise up men and women of God in this place. Whether you're called to full-time ministry or whether your ministry is within the home or within the realm of business or academia or, you know, Whatever world you're called to, I believe you're called to lead and you're called to success in Jesus' name. Amen. So anyway, Psalm 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. So I, I love that scripture because your heavenly father cares not only about your needs, but about your desires. Isn't that beautiful? That God doesn't just, you know, it's like the person, oh, oh Lord, just, just give me a, 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 little, a little barn, a shed in heaven. I'll be happy. Just, just help me to just get inside the door. No, the Bible talks about in, in my father's house are many mansions. I know that, you know, people get all sorts of religious ideas and get offended by that. But, you know, Jesus isn't building you a little, you know, one-bedroom flash. Amen. He's not building you something small. He's building you a mansion in heaven. Amen. So it, 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 the Bible says he doesn't just give you your needs. He grants you your desires. Amen. So Psalm 21 and verse 2, you have granted his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. You know, I, I used to cling to those Bible verses when I was single and I was believing to be married to Joanna. Amen. Now, I didn't claim her. You can't claim somebody. It has to be mutual, okay? There has to be that, yeah, because I'm just saying. But, you know, I would cling to those promises because the desire would just not go away. Amen. And, you know, uh, this year we're, we're 20, 20, uh, 22-ish years married, you know, and so anyway, God is, God is a God who answers, answers prayer. And um, so again, while there are many needs and desires, and, and uh, you know, there's so many people here tonight with so many different needs and desires, but there's really only one key to true and lasting change. 
There is one absolute that cannot be ignored or neglected. And it's so simple that most people uh, miss it. You must ask. Just ask. You don't earn, you ask. And this is the problem. Many of you are trying to earn what God will give you if you will simply ask. Amen? Because remember, it's by grace we're saved. Everything God does in our lives is because of His grace, not because we are worthy or deserving. And I think that's important to understand that. Amen? So, but you might say, but pastor, can't be that simple. Yes, it is. But you might say, but, but I did that and nothing happened. No, you have to ask in faith if you want to see God's power manifested in your life. Amen? And if we could kill the smoke, that would be Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. I always get a little bit nervous because I think, Lord, are you about to take me over to the other side? Amen. But um, James chapter 1 and verse 2, and it addresses this very thing. Um, James, the brother of Jesus, here is talking. And uh, it says, um, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of, of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose you receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Amen. And so here the Bible is very clear that it's not enough to ask. We must ask in faith. Amen. And expect an answer. But what we ask God for must also be in line with God's word and God's will. Because God won't give you something that will harm you and, uh, or take you out of his will. But when you know his word, you know his will. And this is important for us to understand. This is why it's so important. Go to Bible school, study the word of God. Because when you study the Bible, if you know God's word, you can know God's will. And therefore, we can approach God's throne with boldness. And confidence and I think this is what is lacking in the lives of many Christians is it's not that they're not asking it's just that they're oh please God please you know and they're begging and and they're trying to earn I, I promise I'll be good this year you know it's a bit almost like Santa Claus's naughty list you know and um, so first John 5 14 says in the Amplified this is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to have before God that if we ask anything according to his will, that is consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the requests which we have asked of him because we serve a God who specializes in answering prayer because when you read the Gospels you will witness one answered prayer after another a leper asked to be healed a Samaritan woman asked for her daughter to be delivered two blind men asked for their eyes uh, their sight to be restored a synagogue official even asked for his daughter to be raised from the dead. A Roman centurion asked for his servant to be healed. A dying thief on a cross asked for forgiveness. You know, a dying thief in the final moments of his wretched life, dying on a cross, you know, uh, you know in, 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 in some ways you could say receiving a just reward for his evil deeds, and yet he reaches out to Christ and asks for forgiveness. You know, all very different people with different needs and really with nothing to offer God 
God. And yes, in each case, Jesus granted their request simply because they had the audacity to ask. The, the, the thief had nothing to offer Jesus. He couldn't serve Jesus. He was about to die. He, he had done nothing right in his life, and yet he reached out to the Lord. And so, again, the Lord just wants us to ask. They, they, their lives were changed because they dared to ask. Matthew 21, and whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. You see, these people were granted just one moment in the presence of the master, and they didn't waste it by, you know, uh, telling their sad stories, but by presenting their need and faith and asking for a miracle. And that's what we're going to do tonight in Jesus' name. At the end of this message, we're going we're gonna to release our faith, and we're going to ask God for some miracles in Jesus' name. And so, as we study the subject of asking tonight, I'm not talking about simply talking. I'm not talking about rattling off a prayer that you don't even really believe is going to be answered, okay? You know, the mindless repetition of, of an unbelieving request. You know, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 7 talks about this, and it says, um, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. And so, again, there's no shortage of that in Pentecostal circles. You know, a lot of Christians look down on, on Catholics for praying a rosary and their mind is a million miles away. Uh, but you know what? A lot of Christians are praying their spiritual rosaries, you know, by just making confessions over and over again that they don't really believe. And, 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 and so, again, God wants you to engage your faith when you're asking, okay? And so every prayer, every petition, every request must be infused with faith or it's not going to be heard on high. Isaiah 58 and verse 4, you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. So here, this is showing us there's certain things that we must do. We can't just simply go through the mechanics. Uh, you can be doing the right things for the wrong reason. Amen? And it's not enough to go through the mechanics of what God is telling you to do. You must do it in faith or it's not going to benefit you. How many of you want your voice to be heard on high? You know, to have your prayers echo through the very chambers of heaven. Because, again, it's prayers of faith that God honors and God answers. Amen? So, let me read this quote. It says, uh, John Wesley, When the vapor of your breath goes up in prayer, surely there will be a continual rainfall of God's glory in your life. Amen? And so, if you're complaining that your spiritual life is dry, it might be a sign that your prayer life is sadly lacking. Okay, so I'm convinced that there are certain requests that are never granted simply because they were never heard in the first place. Because God is not moved by, by, by feelings, God is moved by faith. Amen. God is not moved by sympathy or emotions, God is moved by faith. Amen. God doesn't hear you because of how long or how loud you pray. God hears you if your prayer is given in faith. Amen. Uh, but let me say this some of you are known in heaven because of your prayers. Um, Isaiah uh, chapter 62 and verse 11. I, I believe some of you, your prayers have literally gone before you. You are known in heaven because you are a person of prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 62 and verse 11. And it says, Indeed the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the, earth, the world, Say to the daughter of Zion, Surely your salvation is coming. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. Do you know that your work goes before you? 
The Lord will reward you for what you do for him. Amen. Know that those of you who labor and intercede in prayer, you will be rewarded. And just because you haven't seen the answer yet doesn't mean that it's not on the way. God has heard and God will answer. Amen. But let me see because God sees you. He knows you. Amen. God can, can only answer when we call. And this is the problem is sometimes we just don't have the audacity to ask because God moves when we ask. And this is why I believe God's going to do miracles in this place tonight in Jesus' name. I believe he's going to heal bodies. He's going to renew minds. He's going to redeem relationships. He's going to deliver and heal and set free in Jesus' name. God is going to move in this place, I believe, because he's a miracle-working God. And he loves when we ask. Amen. I believe deliverance is going to come to some of you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Because it's time for change. It's time for breakthrough. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, he He's made everything beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity in the human heart. You see, God has made everything beautiful in His time, and, and this is the truth. Sometimes His time and our time aren't necessarily the same, and this is why we get frustrated. But I believe as we gather tonight in the dying moments of 2021, 20, amen, I know that some of you have experienced loss or disappointments or heartbreak or sorrow, but I believe it's time for a change of season in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, how many of you believe it's time for a change of season? Glory to God. It's time after two years of all this COVID, it's time to change the record. Amen. And uh, so anyway, uh, Daniel chapter 2 verse 20, uh, it says, Daniel said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and he setteth up kings. Glory to God. It says, he giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that have understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in darkness and the light dwelleth with him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You see, God knows things that you don't know. Amen. He sees things that you don't see. Glory to God. He, he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And this is why we can trust him. Amen. Because even when we don't understand, he does. Amen. So I believe it's time to let your faith soar. Do you know that Daniel asked God to shut the mouths of lions? Moses asked God to liberate a nation. Abraham asked God at 100 years to be a father. So again, nothing is too difficult for our God. Isaiah 61 and 3, it says to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Hallelujah. You know, some of you, it's like the fires of destruction have burned and and all you've been left is, is literally ashes in your hand. But God says, I'm going to give you beauty for ashes in Jesus' name. Amen. God's going to give you beauty for ashes. He's going to turn things around. He's going to give Some of you have been spent the last few years mourning and going around in sadness and, 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 and oppression. Tonight, in Jesus' name, we believe that thing's going to lift off you. And 2022 is going to be a year of joy, a year of answered prayer, a year of favor. Hallelujah. A year of you walking around as, as a walking billboard for the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, uh, how many of you are, have had enough of mourning and grief and sorrow and despair in Jesus' name? Amen. I don't know about you. I have. 
How many of you are ready to ditch negativity, amen, and finally move forward in your life, to step into all that God has for you in 2022? I don't know about you, 2022 has got a ring to it. It sounds good, amen. I believe it's going to be a good year in Jesus' name, amen. We need to ask for heaven's best because tonight I'm asking for joy. I'm asking for that anointing that breaks the yoke of oppression, depression, and obsession in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. There's an anointing that breaks the yoke. I believe there's freedom and deliverance in God's presence tonight. How many of you believe that in Jesus' name? Some of you have got habits. Those things have to be broken tonight in the name of Jesus. Some of you have burdens. Some of you have bitterness or unforgiveness or, or hurts. You know, things that you've carried with you for years. I believe tonight the Lord wants you to be free and he wants you to step into 2022 without all of that baggage in the name of Jesus, amen? So anyway, all we need to do is ask. Luke 11 and verse 9, it says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. The New Living says, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. Clearly, God wants us to ask. Amen? He's a mighty miracle working God. But sometimes, children of God don't receive from heaven simply because they haven't asked. You know, John chapter 14 and verse 13, Jesus said, whatever you Ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 16, 23. In that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. You know how terribly sad it would be for us to arrive at the gates of heaven and for God to say to us, why didn't you dare to ask me? For more why did you settle for good when I called you to great why did you limit what I could do in your life what I could do for you or are true you amen why did you struggle and go without when my abundant provision was available for you my child why didn't you simply ask I know some of you are getting nervous oh, that sounds like prosperity preaching pastor John That term is a lie that has caused so many believers to go without what God has for them. God cares about you. He cares about your needs. And listen, we can't bless until we've been blessed. You can't be a blessing if you're not blessed. If you can't pay your bills, how can you help somebody else? We have to get rid of this poverty thinking. I'm not talking about those who go off into, listen, there are people who go off into excesses with anything. You can take any subject from the Word of God and you can take a truth and make it, you know, the truth and, and suddenly you go off into error. But, you know, I really believe God cares about these things. Psalm 78 and verse 19. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Behold, he struck the rock so that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide meat for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was furious. 
So fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger came up against Israel because they did not believe in God and did not trust in his salvation. Listen, God isn't pleased, you know, but if we don't believe him, if we don't, if we don't expect, you know, his blessing in our lives so that we can serve him, so that we can be a blessing to others. Uh, verse 40, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power. I'm telling you, I want to stand before God. I don't want to stand before God. He said, John, why did you limit what I could do? You know, this is why we went into a stadium. I mean, we had like 200 people when we went into this place. You know, thanks be to God, we've grown quite a lot. You know, we, we've a lot more since we moved here, you know, four or five years ago. But you know what? It was a step of faith. You know, we went believing that God would bring the increase. And so I don't want to limit God. I'm believing God for revival. I refuse to accept that you can have revival in South America or Central America or North America or Canada or uh, Africa or, you know, in the UK or, or, or wherever else, but you can't have it here in Ireland. I refuse to believe that, that's a lie from hell. I believe we're gonna see revival in this nation in Jesus' name. I would have lost heart unless I had believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We're right here in Ireland. I believe the power of God is gonna move in this land, in this nation. You know, this week I had a dream. I woke up, the fact that it was so, it was so vivid. I, I, I woke up my, my, I think it's funny when people say, I woke up, my heart was beating. Well, it's pretty good. I, it's important your heart is beating because if it doesn't, you don't wake up. I'm just saying. But my heart was beating really fast. You know, I was like, because I, I, I saw this, this deluge, this flood that came down where the Liffey is. And, and it was so powerful and, and the, the, there was this roar and there was so much water, it hit one of these uh, big old uh, stone bridges and it knocked it 50 feet up in the air. I remember trying to grab my children. I, 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 it was terrifying. And, and you know, it's interesting. It was going towards the sea. It wasn't coming from the sea in towards Ireland. You know, I believe there's going to be a move of the Spirit of God that comes forth from this nation that's going to touch nations in Jesus' name. But I'll tell you something about this. When God moves, you're not going to have goosebumps and feel like you're in control. You're going to be terrified. There is, there is an aspect to God that will terrify you. Because when you truly see the power of God in, in operation, it will shake you. What did Isaiah saw? He said when he saw the glory of God, he said, woe is me. For I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the Lord of hosts. And so there, there's, an, there's an aspect whereby I believe we have been limiting God because we have such a small perspective of who he is and what he can do. Let me tell you something. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. And there are those in governments, there are those in positions of power and influence who think they have power. They are nothing before God. And, and I believe there's going to be a humbling. There are those who have mocked God. They have mocked morality. They have mocked truth. They feel that they have somehow the right to, to, to rule as, as potentates and dictators. I believe God is going to humble many of these men and women in the years to come because they're going to realize that they are mere men and that He sits on the throne of eternity. He is God. Come on. Somebody say amen tonight. Hallelujah. So anyway, um, <laughs> praise you, Jesus. I just have three points. I know it's, 
we, we, we still have a little bit of time. So I, I just want to give this message out because I believe it's going to encourage you. So the, the message is ask. The first one is ask for intimacy. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he, Jones, he was a, a, a Welsh minister. He said this, I'm not asking whether you know things about him, but do you know God? Are you enjoying God? Is God the center of your life, the soul of your being, the source of your greatest joy? He is meant to be. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You know, D.L. Moody, the great American evangelist, said, I never saw a man who lived for the world satisfied yet. You see, the things in this world can't satisfy you. And this is why we don't put self first. We don't put money first. We don't put career first. We don't put our plans or agendas first. The Bible says here, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. This must be the defining principle that guides everything we do and say in 2022. Christ and his kingdom comes first. It, this must be our primary goal and desire to always put God first place in our lives because so many of the problems I deal with as a pastor are ultimately rooted in selfishness. If we could deal with selfishness, we could have heaven on earth in our homes. Okay, so again, Colossians 1, 18, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. We wouldn't have church splits, we wouldn't have strife, we wouldn't have fighting, we wouldn't have this person not talking to the other person if we would ensure that Christ had the preeminence as opposed to self having the preeminence. Christ comes first. Before career, our calling, our possessions, our popularity, before the opinions and agendas of men, because there can be no intimacy where God is not our priority because he sees our heart and he sees our motives. This is why we must ask for intimacy. Exodus 33 and verse 6. Probably my favorite chapter in the Bible. And really it's, it's, it's such a, 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 you know, a beautiful story about how, how you know, Moses would encounter God. But it says in verse 6, what was the first thing that happened before the Israelites were going to encounter God in a deeper way? So the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by Mount Horeb. So again, as we uh, stand here in the, the final 25 minutes of 2021, I believe we need to strip ourselves of some things. Maybe it's unforgiveness or bitterness or greed or, or lust or, or some secret sin. I don't know what it is, but we need to strip ourselves. We don't want to enter into 2022 with that stuff. Amen? And we all know what it is. How many of you know? Uh, you know. God knows and the devil knows whatever that thing is. But there's some things tonight that need to die in these final minutes in Jesus' name. It says they stripped themselves of their ornaments. And it says Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp. And he called it uh, the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. You know, it says it was far from the camp. It wasn't convenient. And it says everyone who sought the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. So are you a person that is determined in 2022 to seek the Lord? I just started thinking at the start of this service, there's three hours left. And I just started thinking, you know, how much time this year did I waste scrolling? Probably not near as much as, as you did. But um, 
I'm only messing kids. You're, you're kids. You, you, you probably did. I, I'm just saying. But, I'm just, you know, how much, how much time did we waste just, just watching? You know, I, over the Christmas, I watched four movies. I couldn't finish any one of them. I had to turn them all off one by one. Just bad language and just, you know, just foolishness. You're sitting there and think, man, why am I even watching this? Just turn it off, you know. Uh, you know, we, we need to guard our heart and we need to be realized that we are stewards, not just of our finance, of our talents. We're stewards of our time. Let's determine 2022. Let's use our time well in Jesus' name. And so it says, um, uh, verse 12, verse, and the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, verse 10. All the men rose and worshiped. And it says, so Moses, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. He's, he's there in a desert. It's hot. It's dry. It's, it's, it's uncomfortable. And he said, Lord, I'm not leaving here. I prefer to live in a, in a desert where you are than to live in a promised land where you are not. And so it, it, it says, verse um, 16, For then how have we known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we'll be separate, your people and I, from all the people around the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing you've spoken, for you found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Hallelujah. He said, please show me your glory. Can you hear the heart of Moses right there in that moment? Please show me your glory. Hallelujah. He said, I, I will make all my goodness pass before you. I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I'll be gracious to him. I'll be gracious now with compassion on whom I'll have compassion. And he said, but you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here's a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. Hallelujah. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. And so it will be that my glory passes by, and I will put you in the cleft of the rock. The Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Yeah, you might have done all sorts of things in your old life, but that old man is dead. That old woman is dead. God put you in Christ. He made you new. He didn't give you a clean slate. He gave you a new slate. He gave you a new heart. He gave you a new destiny. He gave you a new, a new life in Jesus' name. That's the good news of the gospel. Thank you, Lord. I'll put you in the rock, in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you will not see my back, but my face shall not be seen. And so here we have this beautiful story. And so I want to ask you this. If you had one question, one request that God would grant to you, what would you ask him for? Wealth, wisdom, fame, or even a million followers? You know, because in a world where our wealth, or, or rather our worth, is increasingly measured by our wealth or our fame or our following, you know, it's, it's interesting and I think it's useful to remind yourself that while there may be celebrities who mock God, who have millions of followers, Jesus Christ has only 12. He had only 12 followers. And so that gives you some perspective. You know, your importance isn't determined by your wealth or your following. You know, Mark chapter 10, verse 5, what you want me to do, Jesus asked, the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. So what would you ask for? 
If you are ushered before Christ, because Solomon asked for wisdom, Judas asked for money, but Moses asked for intimacy. He said, Lord, show me your glory. Moses was satisfied with the knowledge of God, and this must become our first priority. Yes, God cares about our physical, emotional, financial, spiritual needs, but there is more. But it's beyond the veil. Amen? It, it's outside the camp. It's not convenient. It's only for those who hunger. That's why Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. How many of you are hungry? Amen? How many of you? Three of you. Okay, good. Uh, how many of you are hungry to see God move in 2022? In your life, in your family, in your nation. Come on, in Jesus' name. You know, Psalm 27 verse 4, one thing I've asked of the Lord, that will I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To do what? To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. David knew the greatest gift God has is His presence. He was satisfied with the knowledge of God. You know, George Whitfield said this. It is God alone, my brethren, whose we are, in whose we are, in whose name I now speak that can give solid, lasting happiness to your souls. And He, for this reason, only desires your hearts, because without Him, you must be miserable. And this is why this world is miserable. Even though we have more than we've ever had, more than any previous generation has ever had, we've never been more miserable. There's never been more people ending their lives and marriages breaking down and people just unhappy with themselves. And this is the reason why I believe is we're disconnected from God. And so, again, Psalm 17 and 15. As for me, behold, I will behold your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with your likeness. Are you satisfied with simply seeing his face, with hearing his voice, Charles Spurgeon? There will be three effects of nearness to Jesus. Come on, how many of you do your desire 2022? I want to be near to Jesus. I want to walk closely to him in Jesus' name. There will be three effects of nearness to Jesus. Humility, happiness, and holiness. Do you want to be happy in 2022? Then spend time with Jesus. It says they took note. They had been with Jesus. The very first thing we ask for in 2022 must be a greater portion of the Spirit of God in our lives. We must make room for Him in our lives. You know, the Bible says He gave them their request but sent leanness into their souls in Psalm 106, speaking of the Israelites. You know, so this is the thing. You know, what is your focus? What do you desire? Will you be satisfied with seeing his hand like the Israelites or like Moses? Do you want to see his face? It says he gave them the request. So again, if our focus is simply on getting something, whether it's a house or a home or a marriage or whatever else, you'll get that. But it says he sent leanness into their souls. God will give you things, but that can't be our focus. Our focus is firstly intimacy in Jesus' name. That's why, again, if you can be satisfied with your needs simply being met, you're serving God on a very superficial level. No, like John 15, we must learn to abide in Him. Hallelujah. James 2, 20 and 26, faith without works is dead. And so after you ask for intimacy, you must cooperate with God and make time for God. Make time for intimacy because, again, even Jesus made time for intimacy with his Father. Mark 1, 35, Jesus rose a long time before daylight, went to solitary place, and there he prayed. How many of you are going to commit? 2022, I'm going to rise early in the morning and pray. <laughs> 
<laughs> Most of you don't want to put your hand up because you don't want to lie. You say, no, I'm going to lie in bed like a dog. Glory to Jesus. No, come on. Let's rise early and seek his face. It says, truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So again, make time for intimacy because Jesus made time. There is a promise and a place of intimacy with God that will literally not only change your life, it will change the lives of those around you forever. If you've been in the presence of Jesus, you're going to be a better father. You're going to be a better mother. You're going to be a, a nicer person to work with. You're going to be a kinder person. And I'm telling you something, it'll change you if you spend time in his presence because there's a place you can come to where you're no longer de disturbed or depressed or uh, you know, frustrated or angry or lonely, amen? Uh, Oswald Chambers, when you draw near to God, you cease from asking for things. Your father knows what things you need of before you ask him. Then why ask that you may get to know him? Ha, let, let me tell me, God isn't offended when you ask. God's offended when you don't because you're limiting him. Amen. And it's true, the miracles and the answered prayers, do you get to know him, you get to trust him, and you get to know him on a deeper, on a deeper way. So God wants you to stretch your faith. You know, Jeremiah 9, 23, 24, it says, let him who glories, glories in this, that he knows and understands me. You know, our highest goal, our attainment in this life is to know God. Intimacy is our objective. Genesis 5, 23, Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. Then the, uh, Hebrews 11:5. it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Do you want to be known as a person who pleases God? Then you must be a person who walks with God, a person who seeks God. Enoch simply walked with God. David was so comfortable in God's presence, the Bible says he sat in the presence of God. Hallelujah. You see, this wasn't just reserved for Enoch or David. We must ask, firstly, for intimacy. Give me five minutes and I'm finished. Firstly, ask for intimacy. Secondly, ask for family. God said of Abraham, for I've known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord. The NIV, for I've chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. The new living, I've singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord. You see, we must bring our families with us on this journey of faith. Amen. You know, we don't want to leave our family behind. You know, Pharaoh was a type of the devil. Egypt was a type of the world. What did Pharaoh say? You can go out and worship, but leave your children behind. You know, Nehemiah chapter 4 says, fight for your family. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, Paul the Apostle said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your household. So we need to bring our family with us. And that's why we don't just ask, amen, we don't just ask for intimacy. We ask for family, amen. We ask, Paul said, believe in the Lord Jesus, believe for your family. Paul believed in household salvation. I believe 2022 is a year for us to see our family come to Christ. Just ask. Ask for your brothers, your sisters, your parents, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, that they will come to the knowledge of God in Jesus' name. That they will find the peace that only Christ, the Prince of Peace, can bring. You know, Cornelius chapter 10 of Acts, verse 24, it says he had called his family and his friends to hear the word of God. You see, he wasn't just concerned about his own soul. He was concerned about the souls of his family. 
And in the same way, I believe we can only be a good example of Christ to our family and friends if we are praying for them, if we're standing the gap for them. We must actively pray for them, share the gospel with them, and invite them to church. Amen? We must ask for our families. You know, that if you read Acts chapter 10, it talks about how he was always praying for his family. You know, uh, Cornelius was a man, it says he feared God with his family. And I, I believe that, that his family feared God because he prayed for them. And because he was a good example to them. Amen. And so the day of uh, encounter finally came when Peter came to share the gospel. So firstly, we ask for intimacy. Secondly, we ask for family. Lastly, we ask for destiny. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil. To give you hope and a future. Amen. How many of you know we all know that verse? But many times we don't know the next two. Then you will call upon me. And go and pray to me. And I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search me with all of your heart. And so again, God has a destiny for me. But God has a destiny for you as well. But we must call on him. You know, William Barclay said this, there are two great days in a person's life. The day we are born and the day we discover why. William Barclay was a Scottish theologian. Think about that. There are two great days. The day you are born and the day to discover why you were born. You know, I remember the early days of the church. I would stand at the door at 7 p.m. and pray that God would send someone so that I wouldn't have to preach to an empty room. There was always at least one, but sometimes not much more than that. You know, there was a glass, there was a little door to my right, and there was a glass in that door, a window, and people used to walk past that door on the way to the toilet in the hotel. And I remember people used to look in and they would be laughing, because I would be there preaching my heart out to four or five or six people. If we had seven or eight, I felt it was full-blown revival. <laughs> but they would, they would look in. And I'd see somebody's big ugly mug against the window and they were laughing at me because I was there in my black polyester suit preaching to these, this, you know, Usha was there. Give a wave, Usha. Usha and her two girls. Come on, give a wave. Praise the Lord. Come on, girls, give a wave. <laughs> Usha, Elsha, Tusha, and Kajel. Praise the Lord, all single. Glory to Jesus. <laughs> Your mom asked me. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> But Usha, uh, you know, Elsha and Tusha were our first children's workers. We had, we had like five people in the church. And, and we had uh, the two girls used to take the little kitties when Ewan was just a little toddler. And, uh, you know, I remember those days. Uh, you know, as the church grew, Joanna, Pastor Joanna was over the kids, the ushers, the accounts, the cleaning. I, I did the evangelism, the song, the worship, the lyrics, the multimedia, the preaching, the praying. And... <laughs> At times, I had to stop my sermon, go down, and throw somebody out. Uh, it wasn't easy, but it was worth it. You know, I discovered a long time ago that you can have sympathy or you can have destiny, but you can't have both. You must make a choice. 2022, what do you want? Do you want sympathy? Do you want to continue going around talking about your problems, asking people to feel sorry for you? Because they don't. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Just, just accept that. Nobody cares besides Jesus <laughs> and you and your pastor. <laughs> I love you guys. I do. I love you. I love you. But you know what? I didn't want anyone to feel sorry for us because I'd, I had a vision 
of where we were going. And that's why I wasn't discouraged about where we were. I'd ask God to use me and therefore, you know, I couldn't complain just because it was hard. You know, I can guarantee you anything you do for God, you will face challenges, whether in your marriage, your ministry, your business. You know, Esther 4.14, for a few remain completely silent at this time. Relief and deliverance will arise from the, for the Jews from another place. But who knows, it says, and, but yet who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And so again, in the dying moments of 2021, thank you, Jesus. As the worship group come forward, in the dying moments of this year, I want to tell you, you have a destiny. God has a destiny, but we must ask for it. Amen. We must ask for that destiny because I believe we only made it through 2021 because God had a destiny for us. Amen. And so you must ask for your destiny, but make no mistake. It's a very dangerous thing to ask for destiny. Okay. Because if you're asking for destiny, you're asking for miracles because you cannot do what God called you to do without divine intervention. That's why you must ask. That's why Caleb said, give me now my mountain. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, Luke 14, it says, So likewise, whoever of you doesn't forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. There is a cost to the call. There's a cost to the call of God. You know, there is some people that you, I believe, are going to have to leave behind you in 2022 if you're going to fulfill your calling. There are some habits some associations, some, some ways of responding or doing things that you're going to have to change if you want your destiny. I mean, if you want to fulfill your calling, let me say this. I take the things of God very seriously. And if you don't, we will never be friends. I'm not being harsh. I'm just being honest. And there are, I, I come across no shortage of Christians who don't take the things of God seriously. That's why they'll never fulfill their destiny. I'm not saying they're not going to go to heaven. God loves them. He loves everybody. First thing he probably does when they come up there is slap them across the back of the head. <laughs> In love. But you know what? I, I take this seriously. Because, you know, I remember almost 30 years ago, back in the early 90s, I was over in that corner with my mom. I was newly saved. I was about 18 years of age. And my, my, my childhood hero, Reiner Bonke, was preaching the gospel. And I had the call of God burning in my heart. Nobody knew me. Nobody knew who I was. Or, uh, I was a nobody as, as far as anybody could see. But you know what? I had a call burning in my heart. Amen. Never in my wildest imagination did I ever think that one day I would be standing on the same stage pastoring a church right here in Dublin where Reiner Bonke once preached the gospel. You see, I didn't get here because of ability. I got here because of destiny. God has a destiny for you. He has a destiny for your marriage. He has a destiny for your children. And that's why we must ask in Jesus' name. We must ask. Stand to your feet tonight in Jesus' name. We must ask. We must stretch our faith. We must believe God big. Amen. You know, William Carey said, expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. Hallelujah. So tonight, Lord, we're asking in Jesus' name. We're asking, Lord, that you would move in this place in Jesus' name. How are we doing for time? We've five minutes. Okay, so Melinda's going to get into the countdown. But I, I believe in these last minutes of, of, of 2020, I, I, I want us to release 
our faith. And I want us to believe tonight in Jesus' name. There are things that, yes, you've asked before, you've said it to God in prayer, but you know, many times we just haven't really stretched our faith and we haven't come with that boldness and that audacity in Jesus' name. So can we just lift your hands to the Lord right now? Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. And as you do, you are lifting that need before Him. As you are doing that, you are lifting that loved one before Him. As you're lifting your hands, you're lifting that situation before Him. Hallelujah. You know, God said, ask, ask, ask for, ask for nations. Tonight, we want to ask for this nation. And so, Lord, tonight, we're asking for Ireland. We're asking for a revival, Lord. We're asking for awakening, Lord God. We're asking that you would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Turn the hearts of the children to the fathers. Tonight, Lord, we're asking for the broken families, the broken homes, the children who don't know their dads, Lord God. The children, Lord, that maybe have been abused or maybe hungrier. Father, we know there's so many issues in this nation. We're asking, Lord, that you would move in this nation, that you would bring deliverance, you would bring salvation, you would bring awakening, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord God, we're asking for Ireland, Lord God. We're asking for the United Kingdom. We're asking for Europe. We're asking for Africa. We're asking for America, Lord, and South and Central and North America, Lord God. We're asking tonight for the nations, Lord. You said, ask me, I will give you the nations, Lord. Hallelujah, we're asking tonight for nations in Jesus' name. Oh, Shiarabashokum, oh Maka. Come on, just pray in the spirit for a moment. Praise you, Jesus. Some of you have needs tonight. Maybe it's a home, maybe it's a healing. Maybe you want to find love in 2022. Maybe, I don't know what's going on. Maybe you need deliverance from some habit or some bondage. In the name of Jesus, Lord, just lift that need up to the Lord right now. Come on, just present that in faith. We're asking you, Lord. We're asking you, Lord, in Jesus' name. We're asking, Lord God, in Jesus' name. We're asking, Lord God, tonight. Hallelujah. We're presenting that need in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, thank you, Lord. We're asking tonight for miracles, Lord. We're asking for miracles. We're asking for miracles in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Just pray with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. One second. Lord Jesus, I come to you. I present my need in faith. You are a miracle-working God. You said whatever you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So tonight, I'm asking for, tell him, tell him right now, tell him right now, come on, task him, ask God right now in Jesus' name. Ask him for that loved one, ask him for that home, ask him for that spouse, ask him for that healing, ask him for whatever you need in Jesus' name. We present it by faith in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, hallelujah. We're asking tonight by faith, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Melena, praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, if you believe you've received from God, could you just give a shout of praise to Him tonight? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Have we got the timer? Have we got a timer? Because once, once it's midnight, we're going to go back into worship and we're just going to celebrate in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Melinda, I'm going to hand it over to you in Jesus' name.